0: Welcome to the Fearless Vampire Podcast. I'm on a heartfelt mission through the art of conversation and storytelling to inspire women to pursue their creative entrepreneurial journey with reckless abandon. I'm your host, Taylor, a six-figure photographer and business coach based in Colorado. I'm a right-brained mompreneur to two toddler boys, devoted deep conversation holder, and your personal alpaca cuddle liaison. My hope is that you leave our time together feeling empowered and energized to build your dream life. Learn more at fearlessvampire.com. Let's face it, as entrepreneurs, we love all the fun parts of business and there's so many fun parts. The creating, making fun posts, expressing ourselves, managing the flexibility in our schedule and even making connections with our clients. Those to me are some of my favorite parts of running a business. However, there are also really important elements of business that often either get overlooked or simply avoided altogether. And yes, I am looking at you April 18th. Every tax season, this infamous date rolls around and every year at the same time, it's only then that a lot of us entrepreneurs actually take a look at our books or lack thereof. Sometimes we'll get that pit in our throat Like just reminding us that once again, we let this really important piece of our business health slip to the wayside. So today's conversation with Kara at Peach Sky Bookkeeping is going to hopefully inspire and empower you to take control of this piece of your business, not only out of obligation, but really with excitement and passion so that you can ultimately make the most out of your time, your resources, and truly scale your business that next chapter of business. So Kara, thank you so, so much for being here with us today. I would love for you to introduce yourself share about like your story, how you got into bookkeeping. I was reading on your website and loved the part where it said like, if high school me had been told that you were going to be in bookkeeping, you wouldn't have believed it.
1: (laughs) Hi, yeah, thank you so much for having me on. I'm so excited to talk with you and your listeners all about bookkeeping and my journey. Yeah, that is so true. At 18 years old, if you had told me that I was going to be working with numbers... (laughs) And having, <laughs> and having my own business, I would have looked at you like you had three heads. I, that was so far from what I saw myself doing. Um, I went to school for a degree in sociology. And then I even went to get my master's in counseling because I wanted to be a, an academic advisor in a college, help college students know what to take, how to graduate, things like that. And I was really passionate about it. I went to school, um, And then finally, got that job, right? Got the job that i had been working like three years to get. I worked at a really prestigious um, university here in Southern California. That's where I live now. I'm not going to name the names, but it's a prestigious university. And I worked there for a year and hated every single minute of it. It was a very toxic environment, the bureaucracy, the politics. It was just not where I wanted to be. And so after that year, I just, I was like, okay, what what can I do? I I need to get out of this place. It's not, it's not for me, right? So I found, went back to my old employer. I had worked at an accounting firm doing assistant type stuff throughout that time while I was going to school and they took me back. They're like, okay, you can be a full charge bookkeeper. And so this was a CPA firm that handled clients in the entertainment industry. Big names that you probably heard of. Again, I will not mention (laughs) Um, so I've been doing, that. I've been doing that for about eight years now. And then the pandemic hits in 2020, and I'm sure myself, along with everybody in the world, it really got you to see like what's important, right? Time just stopped, and it really gave me the chance to be with my family. Sometimes a little too much time.
0: No, <laughs> I, still, I hear you.
1: <laughs> I still have PTSD a little bit from being with a almost three year old and pregnant. I was pregnant with my second child in August 2020. I had him. So right in the height of the pandemic. And wow, you you
0: were in the thick of it. Yeah, I
1: was in the thick of it. And I'm not gonna lie. That was really hard. It was hard to work from home and have your kids there. But you know, it I didn't have a commute anymore. I didn't have an hour each way commute. I live in southern california where the traffic is horrible so yeah. you know, the fact that i didn't have that it just was amazing it just made me feel so much less stressed fast forward my husband last year was like why don't you just start your own bookkeeping business and i had that little imposter syndrome kick in that oh I'm the itty bitty sure? shitty
0: committee yes yep.
1: And I am like the queen of that committee because I will just be so shitty talking CEO. to myself. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, And he was like, you should just do this. And I said, no, I can't. Like, I was so used to working in this specific niche that I saw, like, I couldn't see out of that, right? I couldn't see right. that there were other people that really needed this service and that people hate their bookkeeping. Like you said, they dread it, they ignore it. And so I just said, can I curse on here on the podcast? <laughs> Yes, <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna you say, be you. I just said, fuck it. Like, I'm gonna do this. I'm not gonna be scared. I'm always scared in my life. Like, I'm gonna push through, you know? And so then I took some courses. I got a business coach and I realized I know what the hell I'm doing. I've been doing this for eight years and now I help small business owners with their bookkeeping. And at Peach Sky Bookkeeping, we love helping service based business owners. We love helping photographers. We love helping. All kinds of service based business owners, because the truth is, this is such an important thing for your business. It's literally the foundation of your financial success. You have to know your numbers. You, you can't just ignore it, unfortunately, you know? And right. so we really help our clients with feeling empowered through their numbers and knowing their numbers and not letting them control them. You know, they're using them to make those business decisions. And I think something that kind of sets us apart is that I call myself like the feelings bookkeeper <laughs> because I, oh, do I have... love
0: it. <laughs> You're my girl, do... my feelings girl.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm like can talk about feelings all day. And you don't hear that a lot with accountants and bookkeepers, right? It's very like stiff and not approachable. And at peach very sky, black and white. Exactly. And at peach sky, that's Not how it is. Like, we create an open, safe space for our clients to have these difficult conversations around money because they sometimes don't want to have it, but they have to be had. So, I love helping my clients. I love, I just love what I do.
0: (laughs) You probably see, or not probably, you absolutely see. Lots of different people coming in with their own, sometimes traumatic stories around money. So it does have to be a feelings conversation, right? Like money is not black and white. It's very energetic. It's very much alive. It's very personal. And I'm sure you have to navigate a lot of these storylines that people come in with.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's probably the part of every first conversation I have with 95% of the clients that I've worked with it's always getting past that initial shame or guilt or embarrassment that either they let their books go too long, they haven't been looking at their books, they always have to file an extension, they're never ready for taxes, whatever it may be. And it's me letting them know like, hey, this is a safe space. All your feelings are completely valid and normal. Like I try to tell them you're normal. And you're already one step ahead because you're talking to me and you're reaching out for a you're reaching out for help, right? As entrepreneurs, we always feel like we have to do everything and know everything and that's where outsourcing is so great because you can find people who have different zones of genius. Like I wouldn't know how to take a picture and make it look beautiful. I only know I know numbers, you know. So that's just something I really reassure my clients, especially when we first start working together.
0: Right. And it's it's interesting especially as as women a lot of my students will tell me that they do feel shame and they don't want to hire a bookkeeper because they're embarrassed or they're fearful or they've been in business already for seven years and they've never touched their books. And it's like you said, getting over that initial hump. But I, I also have a group of alumni students who have gone through my like, initial course, but we, we want to keep maintenance and working together. And in October, October is my favorite money month. Like my husband and I use October to like set goals for the upcoming year. Look at what we did the previous year. Set up, you know, a, a meeting with our bookkeeper and our CPA to make sure we're on the same page and we're investing our money where we need to invest it. But when I was talking with my alumni students, a lot of them were like, "I don't know how much I made this year," and I was like, "Well, what did you spend?" Well, I. I don't know. My husband takes care of that, or my, you know, somebody else takes care of that, and I don't have to think about it. And I was like, oh no, <laughs> like we dedicated October. I was like, you are going to figure out how much you made, what you spent, and what your goal is for next year, because you can't set goals for the upcoming year if you don't know where you were at this year. And so it was really interesting for me to, I guess, be, uh, reminded that it's not second nature for a lot of people. And I know for us, like we started out using an Excel spreadsheet. There was no shame in that game. We had an Excel spreadsheet of what what went in, what went out. And then we upgraded to QuickBooks Online. And then QuickBooks Online turning in, turned into, we actually, and I, I want to touch on this in just a moment, but we hired a CPA before a bookkeeper and our CPA became our bookkeeper. Like her her company does our bookkeeping for us. But I want to touch on this because you, Kara, had posted something a few days ago that showed this pyramid of like the health of your business finances. And at the foundation, you had bookkeeping and then CPA and tax specialists. Those were all secondary, like they got smaller. So I would love if you would touch on that. like Why, why is bookkeeping the foundation and like the heart of your business?
1: Yeah, um, first I want to say I can't take responsibility for that graphic because I shared it from another, (laughs) another CPA. But yes, it, it definitely is because, well, one, the most basic, I think, is that your CPA can't do your taxes without good books. If they're doing your taxes and you don't have good books, you need to get another CPA. (laughs) They should be... Amen. you, (laughs) You should have ready, clean, accurate books anytime you go talk to your tax preparer because they don't know what to base their tax planning off of that, right? Right. The other thing is if you wait and don't do bookkeeping all year, how can you make decisions in that moment, right? To know where do I focus more of my efforts? Where do I pull back maybe some of my spending so that I can profit a little more? Or should I raise my prices? If you don't have books and you don't know how much you've made or how much you're spending, that's just like pulling things out of thin air, right? And what I love about right. bookkeeping is there's always an answer. Like it, something always has to balance. <laughs> each, each side of an equation has to balance. I won't balance. I won't bore you with accounting foundations, but That's what I love about it is there's not a lot of guessing. Like the data is right there, right? And so I really think it's super, super important. If you don't hire a bookkeeper to at least be looking at your numbers monthly at the very least, because that's in real time. That's not waiting until the end of 2022 to figure out what you could have done in the beginning of 2022, you know, to make changes. So I, I think it's a really good foundation point to start making decisions and then also meeting with the other professionals like a CPA or a financial planner about where you want your money to go and do projections and things like that. You need those base numbers.
0: Right. Cause there, there is, it's so interesting cause I've been thinking a lot lately about sales versus profit and you do have a post about that as well Mm -hmm. but also sales versus profit and in tandem with that income versus wealth so there's a big difference between having income and building wealth and there's also a big difference between making sales and what you're actually profiting from that Mm -hmm. and I would love if you would if you would jump in and you know share your two cents about that because they're they they are very different. Just because you have an annual income does not mean you're building wealth. You could make 250,000 a year, but if you're not saving that, if you're not investing it, if you don't know that you're some people don't even know that they're making 250,000 a year because they're not paying it like I feel like it it definitely seems easier to just bury your head in the sand and go, mm-hmm. I don't I don't need to know, I don't wanna know. I as, as long as I can pay my bills and do what I want, I'm happy. But there's also, the, yeah, this big difference between income versus wealth and sales versus profit. I would love if you could touch on that.
1: Yeah, definitely. The sales versus profit thing really gets me fired up. If you saw that post, you probably know because
0: I love I- that post. <laughs> and me, me, and my assistant just had this conversation because she was like, "How much are you like, like?" And not just me specifically, but she was like, "When people say that they're making half a million a year, like." I know they're not profiting that. And I was like, tell me more about this. So she and I, cause like for my photography business, most of what I spend or most of what I make, I keep because I don't, I'm not paying. Like, of course I like have equipment, but generally speaking, like I'm not spending a lot of money to get new clients. But yeah, I I do know people in my life who are like, I made half a million this year. And I'm like, yeah, but did you spend 250000 of that? Or did you spend exactly. 400000 or 450000 Like, what did you spend? So yeah. anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll let you talk more about it.
1: <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, I get really fired up about it because it bothers me too. And honestly, as someone last year who was looking to start a bookkeeping business on the consumer side, it bothered me because I saw a lot of people being like, Oh, you can make six figures being a bookkeeper right out the gate, you know, and join this and pay this crazy amount of money and you'll make this. And it's, it's not true. Like my business is a very profitable business with very low overhead, but one, it takes time. And two, those people that are saying, Oh, I made six figures. They're usually talking about their sales. And if they have also six figures worth of expenses, they're not taking home anything. They're still with zero. So I I get really, I get fired up about that. But yeah, the sales is the amount that you're actually charging your customers and that they're paying. But your profit is what's left over, right? You have your sales minus your expenses, your operating expenses, whether I know a lot of your students are photographers. So whether that's equipment or gas and mileage and things like that, other things, meals with clients, anything you may use for your business, you know, that's a business expense and you want to keep track of those. But your profit is the actual money that you get to take home, right? And even that is not all of it because you want to make sure you're saving something for taxes as well, you know? And you want to make sure you're working with your CPA so that you're saving the right amount so that you could make those quarterly payments. And then the income versus wealth thing, it's kind of the same thing. You could be bringing in all this, all this income and making crazy amounts of money every month. But if you're spending like crazy and just blowing it off, like, there really is no wealth there. And I don't want to even sound like I am just high and mighty in that I know this, like I struggle with money mindset stuff still too. And in my work, it's made me realize like, Oh, wow, I really need to, I need to work through this too. So I never want people to feel like I know more or this or that. But I, I can relate in those senses where we all have to always work on our mindset and kind of have that in check, right?
0: Right. And I think something that, something that I found interesting was, you know, when, when I talk to people and they like, I'm, I'm happy to talk about money and income with people. And when they say, well, is that net or gross? I'm like, that's gross because my expenses can change. I invest money in things that make my life easier. So, I mean, like I pay for QuickBooks every month. I pay for Tave every month. Like there are certain systems, like I pay our CPA and our accountant. So there are things that I can change. So my net can change based on how easy do I want my life to be so that I can invest my time elsewhere or how challenging do I want to make my life? Like I could, of course, save money if I did my own taxes. I'm not going to do that. I would much rather pay to have somebody do that so that my quality of life improves. And so, yeah, it is really interesting. And I think a lot of the times where when it comes in of like, you know, somebody says that they made, you know, five, I'm just using five hundred thousand as like a benchmark because it's like the new thing. like six figures is great, but now everybody wants a million. and then it's gonna be yeah. a billion. and it's just it just never ends, right? And so but it, yeah, if if you spent five or if you made half a million, but you had to spend. 400,000 to get those clients. Like if you're spending it to get the income, to me, that's very different from like, mm-hmm. how can I improve my quality of life? How can I make my business work for me? Or how can I not exchange my energy or my time for money anymore? That's big for me. Like whenever, Just for example, once we hit a certain financial benchmark, I realized I'm charging X amount an hour. If I can pay somebody much less to do editing or to do my bookkeeping, then I can actually go spend my money or spend my energy elsewhere and make more money. And so there are places where you can invest money and you actually get to go make more money or you can do other things that bring you joy. So, But I totally understand and I'm glad we're having this conversation because it can be really stressful to see that somebody's making X amount of income and you're like, well, how much of that do I actually take home? And of, of course it can change. Like my my husband and I invest 30 to 35% of our income in our retirement. So it's take mm-hmm. home ish, but we're investing it. Like we're not putting that in our bank account at any point we put it into something that's going to make us more money in, in in the long run, but that can change, you know, ann- yeah. annually. Yeah, exactly. And
1: like how you say you'd rather outsource a task that you know maybe it's something that you don't enjoy doing. That's what I try to tell people who are like on the fence about bookkeeping. I try to tell them, like, don't you 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 should want to have more time with your family or you're working on your business, not in your business, in the nitty-gritty of the numbers. Like, and it's better to have an expert handle those things so it's done correctly. And you know, some people are like, "Oh, well, I already have a CPA who does my taxes. I don't need a bookkeeper." Well, maybe your CPA helps you with your bookkeeping, but I also think bookkeepers and tax preparers have very different focuses. And a bookkeeper is going to be really in your books, knowing the day-to-day transactions that go on. And I don't know. There are there. Are, I'm not trying to <laughs> talk crap about CPAs, but I now, like- know a lot of my. <laughs> a lot of my clients come to me and like they've been ghosted by these ghosted or just there's no support there, you know, and I know there are I try to work with CPAs that are in the line with me in terms of supporting my clients. But the bookkeeper sees those transactions every day, and they kind of have a better understanding of what's going on in your in your business, you know, whereas I couldn't really help you tax plan. That's more of a CPA thing. So I think sometimes it's good to have two separate people do that because there's two sets of eyes on your books and they each have a different expertise, I could say.
0: Right. I, I feel like it's almost like having a um, orthodontist and a dentist. Like, yeah, they, they're both familiar with, with what is going on in your mouth, but mm-hmm. they specialize in very different things that are going to make a very big difference in your experience.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, I definitely agree with that. <laughs>
0: This is exciting. I I love having this this conversation. I love talking about money, which is interesting because yeah. it was very taboo in my family growing up. Like we just didn't talk about it. It was not something that we really, yeah. It, it was just it was just not something that was very open conversation. And it's so interesting because Mike and I, my my husband and I, did the bookkeeping in our business until two thousand eighteen. And that's when things just got really complicated for us. We, we had like four LLCs and we were running multiple businesses and we were like, this feels really overwhelming um, to keep doing on our own. And, and it also caused tension in, in our marriage. Like come February and March, we were like stressing and it was just exhausting to try to get everything done. For tax season, like, right? Like if if there was no tax Mm -hmm. season, I don't think any entrepreneur would ever do their own books (laughs) unless we we legally had to. (laughs) But I was, we were like, if we could just pay somebody to do this and it saves the stress in our marriage, the stress every February and March, like it's just been such a relief. Like I am a firm believer in letting people in their zone of genius be in their zone of genius. I don't like numbers. I don't want to learn numbers. My left brain doesn't function. And so I want, (laughs) I want people who do love that to be able to do it. So you were, it's, it's funny going back to your, your beginnings, Kara, we have very similar stories. Like I thought I got what I thought was my dream job, downtown Denver I also wanted to ultimately work for a university in their study abroad department, and so I got a corporate job. And whoo, I lasted six whole weeks, and I was like, "Get me out of here!" There, and my my husband, who was my boyfriend at the time, was like, "Why don't you just start your business?" And I was like, mm, "No."
1: and he said come
0: on like if 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 you start now it'll be up and running itself by the time you're 30 and we're having kids and i was like all right like i had nothing to lose at that point i had no money i had i did not love this big corporate job that i thought i was going to love and um yeah, thankfully, I'm. I, it's it's really encouraging to hear that you also had a partner who was like, just do it, just think, just see what yeah. happens, just see what happens. But what were some of like the the limiting beliefs that you had specifically about mm-hmm. the bookkeeping industry and moving into working with entrepreneurs? What were some of those little like limiting beliefs that your itty bitty shitty committee was <laughs> was whispering to you?
1: Yes. Um... So many, <laughs> I have a long laundry list. And again, I'm human, still working on a lot of these things. I That imposter syndrome, I mean, it paralyzed me for a good few months there where I, I was just like, I don't think I can do this. I don't think I can do this. And once I realized, and you know, I also took courses and I'm really so about investing in yourself and your business, whether that be courses or a coach and things like that. Because it just solidified to me that I did know what I was doing. All the stuff I was learning, I already knew. And I think the fact that I didn't have an accounting degree behind me was what was also making me feel like, Oh, I'm not good enough to do this. But yet I've been doing it for eight years, you know, and I know what I'm doing and I'm good at it. And, um, you don't, I don't want to say you don't need an accounting degree, but since I had so many, so much experience, I feel like that replaced that, you know? And so that really stopped me for a while because I just thought, well, there's going to be things that I don't know. And in anything, there's going to be things you don't know. Right. And you just figure it out. You, you, even if you had an
0: accounting, there would still be a ton of stuff that you were like that, that you just can't learn until you're in it. Right. Exactly. So yeah,
1: that was definitely a limiting belief. And then one I just thought of, and it's something I'm still like trying to work through now is how can I do this with two kids? I have a two year old and a five year old. I have a full time job and I, and I'm doing a business. Like, how can I do this? I will never find time, but somehow you just do, right? Like, you just, yeah. you just figure it out. If you want it that badly and I, and I did, like, I, I just make it happen. You just make it happen. And I don't know if that's a mom thing or what, but you just make shit happen. Mom
0: thing. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, I, I, I always thought that I was really good at time management. I'm like, even in college, like if I was on time, I was late. So I've always been really good at managing my time. Then I had kids and the Mm -hmm. amount of stuff I can get done in a two hour window is like, Oh, I saved the world again today in two hours. Can you believe it? When (laughs) before kids, I was like, Oh my gosh, the dogs need a walk. How will I ever get this done? Like my dogs were fine. They lived on a whole (laughs) acre but after becoming a mom it's fascinating how much you can get done in a very short period of time and how much focus and i think especially for entrepreneurs we have that fire that doesn't just go out like it's there it just needs to be released and so that's kind of what i envision is this like pressure cooker that like the second i sit down to like execute something it's like like it just <laughs> explodes and all that energy gets put into this really condensed time frame and project And it just, it has to get done. There's no other way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I struggle a lot. I don't, I'm assuming maybe you struggle with this too, but the mom guilt, you know, when I choose to work on my business versus maybe I need to be spending more time with my kids and vice versa. And then, but being so excited about my business that I want to work on it, you know, but I try to remind myself that my kids and especially my daughter, like she's seeing a woman who's making her own way, you know, and she's persevering and she's making this life for herself that she wants more flexibility, more time with her family. Like, that's what I'm building this for, you know? Um, That's so beautifully said. (laughs) Thank you. And right now it may be a hard season where I don't have as much time, but I know it's not going to last forever. And I literally tell myself that every day. (laughs) It keeps me going.
0: Right, I I got a babysitter today to come record this podcast, and part of me felt guilty, and part of me was like, my boys love listening to my podcast; like they just think it's the bee's knees to hear me, like in the surround sound in the car. But it 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 is, yeah. They, well, also, I'm like stuttering through this because I have so many ideas. But <laughs> as entrepreneurs, like we have to work when we get those creative you know, fires. Like if I'm not in the mood to record a podcast, it's just not going to happen. Like I can make time for it, but it might not be performing at my highest level. And so it, it is really hard, but I'm, I'm very grateful. My, my husband is somebody who encourages my kids, see me do hard things. Um, I was mountain biking part of the Colorado trail this summer. And they came and met me on the trail. They were like following Mm -hmm. my, my app and where I was going. And he wanted them to see me doing hard things. And so I think it is important for our, our sons, our daughters, our even our partners sometimes to see Mm -hmm. us pouring ourselves into something that one, we don't know if it's going to pan out. And two just see that, seeing that resilience and, um, like what, what we can do as women, as moms, as entrepreneurs. It is really exciting yeah. for our kids to get to see that. And I think it's great that they see that we work and we we love our job.
1: Yeah. My daughter's always saying, mommy, are you a boss yet? <laughs> are you a boss yet?
0: <laughs> yes, I am of this whole I'm household. Like, yes, yes, I am. I
1: am the boss Um. Of- But I I just love it. Yeah. And then like when I get new clients, I'm like, oh, I got a new client. She's like, you got a new client. Like she gets so excited for me. And yeah, I'm really lucky too that I have a super, super supportive husband. Like not only did he put this bug in my ear to create my business, but he is the most supportive person. And, you know, the traditional roles are kind of reversed in our house. I don't even like that term, but society still says that, but I won't go on about that. But we've kind of reversed, you <laughs> know, <call>. he, <laughs> yeah, he works too, but you know, his hours are more flexible. And ever since I started the business, like he just really, he's always been very hands on parent, but like took over so much so that I can build this for us. And so I'm like, I'm so grateful for him. I wouldn't be able to do it without him and the help of my family. And that's the other thing too. Like I like to think of bookkeeping as the same kind of support. I always say like, it's your business village, Right. We need our villages to raise our kids and have our family, but like you also need a village in your business. It should be no different. Um, And so I kind of try to convey that to my clients as well.
0: That's a great visual. Absolutely. Absolutely. What a great visual. So Kara, do you have like three to five tips for somebody or like things that our listeners can do today or this week to set themselves up or at least get their business set up for a bookkeeper to take over or getting themselves set up? Like I, I know you you said on your website, you use QuickBooks and then is it, um, what is it? What's the other one? Zero? Yeah, Zero. zero. It's an
1: I personally prefer Zero because it pairs really well with um, the different payment processors like Stripe and PayPal. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a lot more affordable than QuickBooks. You can get a simple plan for like $13 a month. It's amazing. Yeah. And if you're working with a bookkeeper like myself, I get, I think, a discounted rate. It's like $10 a month or something like that. So I definitely... My first number one absolute tip is separate business and personal transactions.
0: Open a completely
1: separate checking even there's great business credit cards if you're good with credit cards and you know you're going to pay it off every month there's amazing ones that have like no interest for a year i have a chase inc that's a really great one you can have no interest for a year
0: we have the south southwest one for our business and i think we got like yeah, we got like uh, not a hundred thousand, but we got a lot of points for our business whenever we signed up for, it. and everything goes on there. We have so yeah. many free free flights right now; it's That's crazy. Awesome,
1: yeah. And so, if you're good with credit cards, because I know sometimes people are. I myself have not always been great with credit cards, but <laughs> if you're good about it and you pay them off, you know, definitely think about doing that. But separating business and personal is so 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 important because. Especially if you're not doing your bookkeeping very often, if you have to go back to last year when you're ready to file your taxes and everything is commingled, you're going to miss something. You're going to miss income. You're going to miss a tax deduction. Like You can save so much money by just having everything centralized in one account. So that's like my biggest right. tip that I always recommend clients
0: do. It's a great tip. Get a business EIN number or business EIN. Get it mm-hmm. because you're someone, um, one of our guests, Allie with Creatives Learn Law, she's she's an attorney for creatives. Mm-hmm. And she said that your business EIN is like your business's social security number. And it's totally mm-hmm. separate from you. And you need that to open the bank account. Uh, yes. But yeah, it's so important even just for, for legal reasons. Like, No one can sue you and take your house and take your cars and Mm -hmm. your firstborn. They can only take what the business is worth and what you have in your business, right? Like, I mean, so separating those from a legal perspective too is Mm -hmm. so important.
1: Yeah, and I always say, especially people who are just starting out Again, this something you can talk about with your CPA, but filing for your LLC and getting that EIN so that there is a separation between your business and your personal. But if you're commingling everything, yep. that's pierced. They call it piercing the veil or something like that. Piercing Where- the veil.
0: Stuff's <laughs> piercing- so dramatic. Again, a
1: tax person could go, could give more information on that, but you know, you want to keep those two separate aside from the legal part, the bookkeeping, it just makes as a bookkeeper, it makes it a lot harder when I take over accounts and everything is co-mingled. My second piece of advice, don't use Venmo, personal Venmo for business. I hate Ooh, Venmo. <laughs> let's talk
0: about this. I'm just writing these down as, as you're telling us. So talk yes. more about Venmo. This is so, fascinating because we don't use Venmo and it drives a lot of our couples crazy. But I'm like, we just, no. yeah, I'm going I'm to let you take over to
1: a bookkeeper is just, ugh. we were having this debate in my, I'm in a coaching program, and we're all bookkeepers. So we were going back and forth about 1099s and Venmo. And we were just all like, we hate Venmo. And um, yeah, you're really not supposed to even be using your personal Venmo for business. It's like against the rules, you can get your Venmo shut down. So if if, if if you have to use Venmo, make sure you're using the business one and make sure only mm-hmm. your business accounts are attached. Don't attach any personal. But the thing about Venmo is when it comes through the bank feed, when we see those transactions, there's no names. So if you don't remember who you sent it to or you're, again, doing your bookkeeping at the end of the year, like it just makes things a lot more complicated. And as a bookkeeper, that's going to require me to bother you more and say, Hey, what, is, what is this? What is this transaction? Right? And so when I work with clients, I make them up front, at least promise me that they're not going to use Venmo anymore, because it's really hard. I would recommend using Zelle, because when you use Zelle, it the name shows up. And so it's easier to know, oh, okay, I paid this person for photography, or whatever it may be. Um, well, and even-
0: Are not you just transferring, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're transferring from one bank account to the next, as opposed to this third party holding space that Venmo is.
1: Exactly. Yes. And even to take a, a step further is I even recommend PayPal business, even for paying subcontractors, because PayPal, if you pay them over 600, if you pay a vendor over $600 or more via PayPal or Stripe or one of these payment processing companies, and that person is not a corporation, you have to issue them a 1099 at the end of the year, Mm -hmm. right? That deadline's coming up. We're recording this on the 27th of January. The deadline Mm -hmm. is in like three days for 1099. If you have paid someone through PayPal business and you market goods and services, PayPal will send that 1099 for you. So you don't even have to worry about sending that 1099 to that vendor you paid $600 or more to. Because you went through PayPal and I know sometimes people are like, well, there's fees and this and that. And that's unfortunately just the way of business these days. Like I have to eat up the the bank fees as well. I don't love them, but maybe pay them a little extra so that you can cover that fee, right? Um so yeah, those would kind of be my my two top tips. And I guess my biggest overall one is like just don't fear your numbers. Your numbers can really tell you a story. And sometimes we make up stories in our head before we actually have the facts, right? And so looking at your numbers every month and getting yourself in a software, there's many, there's even Wave, that's a free option for a software. I definitely recommend having a software and looking at your numbers once a month. And just don't be afraid of them because sometimes they're not as scary as you think, right? And other times right. maybe they are. But then you get to see them and you get to make the changes and you know where to focus your efforts.
0: Yeah. It's, it's empowering. Mm-hmm,
1: exactly. And that's what we like to do with my company is just empower business owners because your numbers can just be used for so much good <laughs> and they can be used right. for so much um, scalability. And I just think the whole like fear of numbers needs to be removed because you can't do anything until you face it and push past it. Right.
0: Yeah. That, that stigma. Yeah. So, so your, your number one tip is separate your business and personal Mm -hmm. finances. Uh, Second is don't use Venmo. And I'm curious (laughs) what you think about cryptocurrency in general. And then third is don't fear your numbers. Um, I think those are amazing tips. Like just don't, don't avoid it just because it seems like it might be scary. Yeah our CPA sent out like a super scary letter at the beginning of of last year. And she was like, do not use crypto. Like she like drilled it into us about, like all their clients like about not just Venmo, but just cryptocurrency in general. Mm -hmm. And we told her that we were investing and she was like, it's fine if you invest, but do not like day trade. Do not because that like for tax season, which I like. I think tax, like I think the government's still trying to figure out what to do with taxes and cryptocurrency. Uh That's a whole world that I don't understand but I'm, I'm curious if you have any thoughts on, on crypto and what that, how that's affected bookkeeping yeah, in general.
1: I don't cause I haven't had a lot of clients do that and it's usually more on their personal side. So I don't see that that much, but I, and again, I've seen it in my, in at the CPA firm I work for, obviously it's more on the personal side, but I don't know how that will be with taxes. I mean, it was a headache enough that Venmo said they were going to issue 1099s for people $600 right. or more. And then they wouldn't. And then they would. And then they would. It was like back and forth. And so that was enough of confusion. <laughs> I haven't had to deal with crypto, thankfully. But yeah, you know, the business world is changing. It's change. We're changing how we get paid. We're changing how we collect payment, all these things. And I just feel like the tax laws are trying to keep up. <laughs> I don't envy tax repairs. I, I definitely don't.
0: Don't want to do that. Oh, yeah. Well, especially in this day and age. I mean, I feel like, yeah, the way we receive money, even like cash, it seems so antiquated. But like what you do with cash and yeah, there's so there's so many. I I do not envy CPAs or anybody working who has to like keep up with those changes from the government. Um, (laughs) What would you say, Kara, is one of your favorite failures? A good one. I mean, I think
1: I definitely would say the job, the job at the college, you know, and I don't even like to say it's a failure because I don't, I don't believe I'm not a religious person personally, but I do believe in like, I really believe in things happening for a reason and just working out the way they're supposed to things always work out. Right. And I just feel like I would have never been talking to you today if I hadn't failed, quote unquote, I'm doing air quotes at that job, you know, and at that time, I felt so defeated. But within a couple years, I was like, Okay, well, it got me here. It's getting every step gets you somewhere and not every path is linear. And I mean, I'm a perfect example of that. And I think a lot of people can relate to that. So I don't even want to call that a failure, but a way a stepping stone to get to where I am.
0: I, I love asking this question about failures because I totally ag- agree with you. I think that they they can have this negative um, emotion around them, but they are just arrows pointing us in a different direction. Like, I know you thought you were going to go that way, but we're actually going to go this way. And I just need like the universe or whoever your higher power is, is like nudging you in that direction. And it's happening happening for for a reason. So yeah. that's, that's a really great one. And, and I feel like stepping away into the unknown and into new career options is always one of those big things that we're just like, oh, like it it feels like a failure to to leave a good paying job and to lose health insurance. And especially once you have a partner and kids and other people relying on you, it's very, it can sometimes be, be perceived as a failure, but ultimately you, you can't have big things happen if, if you aren't willing to let go of some big things.
1: Exactly. Yeah, this past year has shown me so much about pushing through my fear, because I kind of felt like that was my story for a while was that when things got hard, I would just quit. Like, you know, you have people in your life who kind of tell you that your parents, things like that. And this year, I was like, No, that's not gonna be my story anymore. Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna push through things that are making me scared. And I'm gonna keep doing it because, you know, I'm responsible for how my life turns out. So I need to make it happen.
0: That's amazing. And I, I would love to know, Kara, if you had a, a commercial during the Super Bowl, what would like one message be that if, if you could get it out to people during the Super Bowl, like the most watched event of the year, what what message would you want to get out to people?
1: I mean, it's definitely not bookkeeping related, but I would, <laughs> okay. I would definitely, I'm all about connecting with people. And I just want people to know like, They're not so different than everybody else. You know, we all go through the same struggles. We all go through the same, very similar things. And we're always sitting here looking at social media and thinking, oh, this person's business is going so much faster than mine. Why isn't mine doing that? You know? And so my, my just thing would be that you're not alone. You're, you're here, you're doing it. Keep going. It's going to be hard, but just keep pushing through it. I guess that would kind of be my message.
0: It's beautiful. And when was the last time I love ending my time with this with people just because it like humanizes us and shows the the really challenging pieces of entrepreneurship. But when was the last time that you didn't feel like enough? Oh
1: my gosh, all the time.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, especially whenever you have toddlers running around. Yeah.
1: Yes. Um, Yeah. Honestly, like last night, I didn't feel enough. Both of my kids are so attached to my husband right now, which is amazing. I'm glad they have such a great bond with them. But it doesn't help but make me feel like, oh, I'm working too much. This is why they don't they don't want me to put them to bed, you know, or I haven't had as much patience as I wanted, you know, and this is why they don't want to be with me. And no, it's just they're going through a daddy phase. It doesn't last forever. But I feel that that twing sometimes with my kids when they're like, Kind of pushing me away, or I feel like I'm not balancing everything well enough. You know, I feel like sometimes I can only be good at one thing at a time. So I definitely struggle
0: with that a lot.
1: (laughs) But yeah, trying to be be kinder to myself, you know, and just give myself a lot more grace.
0: Yeah, I mean, like you said at the beginning, we're we're only human, and we can only do so much. We all have the same number of hours in a day, and so we can only dedicate it in certain places. And sometimes our business is demanding more, and sometimes our our family is demanding more. And that's the beauty of, you know, of entrepreneurship is that you get to pick and choose how much you're going to invest and when and what the outcome is. And not to like bring things full circle, but that's a great reason to have a good pulse on your books. I know for myself this year, I knew how much we made. I knew how much we needed to live on. I knew how much we were investing in retirement and what was going into our savings. And I, very confidently told my husband, I want to slow down on work. I want Mm -hmm. to take a break this year. And he was like, okay. Like we just looked at our finances together and we were able, we felt, I felt really empowered to make that decision and go, we don't need what we made last year.
1: Mm -hmm. I don't want
0: to go through X, Y, Z again. I really want to focus on something different this year. And even if that's just my own mental health, then I felt like because we had such a good grasp on what we were bringing in what was going out and where we could make changes i felt really empowered to tell my husband that i wanted to step back a little bit and he was 100% supportive of it so i feel very but i mean if 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 we had not known what what our books looked like it may have been a very different story and we could have lived in this scarcity mindset that we don't mm-hmm. have enough and we never have enough but when you can see on paper we have more than enough and we are okay we're doing great it it felt really good to be able to make that decision from a from a clear-headed space, I guess, and not mm-hmm. an impulsive space. If that yeah. makes sense,
1: like you had the numbers and the data to back it up. It wasn't just, "Oh, I'm just gonna." You pulled it out of thin air, right? You had the numbers. You saw it in front of you. That's really awesome. Congratulations on being able to do that. That's my hope in this next year as well is to take a step back.
0: <laughs> Good. I, I really appreciate time. you, Kara. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I love what you're doing for our community. I, th- I think. Anybody who's in this space who can create empowerment for people to take charge of their own future, of their finances, of their mental health, their time, whatever it is, I just commend you for what you're doing because I I think it's wonderful and I think people need what you're offering. So where can people find you? What are you working on now? What are your hopes and dreams for, for the next few months? Are you looking to take on more clients? What does this look like for you?
1: Yeah. So, um, I am looking to take on more clients. We're in I don't know when this is going to air, but we're in the end of January right now. I have a few spots for March starting, uh, March date, sorry, March starting date. <laughs> um, and yeah, I'm just really looking to build my clientele. And I'm also hoping to hire a subcontractor bookkeeper who can also help me with some of the workload as well. And you can definitely find me on Instagram at Peach Sky Bookkeeping or my website, peachskybookkeeping.com. And yeah, I I love to help. So if you ever have any questions, feel free to DM me. And I also do consultations if someone is wanting to DIY their books, and they're wanting to handle it themselves. I do offer 45 minute consultations where you can basically just pick my brain and ask me any questions. We can screen share anything like that. Yeah.
0: And I love so much that you're protecting the pick my brain space. Cause I I, like, we get so many questions like, Hey, can I just pick your brain? And I'm like, no, my brain does not need to be picked. But if you want to (laughs) work together in a very intentional way, like my brain is already picked apart all day long by lots of other little humans. So um, if you, if you want to sit down, so I I commend you for protecting that, that brain picking space and doing it in within a confined safe space where (laughs) they can ask lots of questions. And we'll, of course, put all of Kara's contact information in the show notes. But Kara, gosh, thank you so much for being here today and for your transparency and authenticity. And again, just for providing for our community in the way that you are. I love it.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This was great.
0: Yeah. We'll see you next time on the Fearless Vampire Podcast. Thanks for being here.